Well, good morning. Uh, it is glad, I am just glad to see a full room here, but I have a question. Everybody be honest. How many of you were planning on coming at four until you watched the weather forecast? Decided you were coming earlier. Pray for the people who are going to be here at four uh, in a torrential downpour. So you guys are the smart crowd. Don't let them know I said that. But uh, glad that you guys are here celebrating uh, Christmas Eve with us. This is a delightful time to get together. And I just have a few things to, to say. This is kind of a regular Sunday, so I want to let you know. Um, if you'd like to put your offering, there are some baskets in the doors on your way out if you want to put your regular offering. Uh, but we are also taking a Christmas offering this year. And what we're doing with our Christmas offering uh, a little bit differently this year is we are using this year's Christmas offering to fund next fall's Operation Christmas Child Special Access Pack. Um, we packed uh, over 8,000 shoeboxes this year as a church, uh, but 2,600 of those were packed in a particularly special way because they go to difficult-to-reach countries, either because of geography or because of religious persecution, uh, but they are, uh, they are limited in what we can put in those boxes, and so we, we, we purchase for them all year long. And so we're, we're taking an offering so that we can purchase uh, this year all of the resources to go in those shoeboxes and then also cover the shipping um, and all of the training for the people who will be uh, presenting the gospel when those shoeboxes are distributed around the world. So that's what our Christmas offering is going to this year. And so there's an offering uh, envelope that you could use if you'd like to give to the, to the Christmas offering this year. We encourage you to do that. You can do that uh, through, this, uh, uh, through next Sunday. You can take an opportunity to do that. Um, this year through Christmas, just to kind of bring you up to date, what we have been trying to do is, is work through um, the relational presence of God that culminates in Christmas uh, with the coming of Jesus Christ. And, and why we have done that is we have, we've tried to take this theme and, and trace it, the theology of the relational presence of God, throughout Scripture from beginning to end. And even next week, I'm going to take it to the very end, to the second coming of Christ. But today, we're landing on the first coming. But I'm going to back up and kind of give you the rationale for what we're doing here. It's called biblical theology. And in particular, we're tracing kind of the center of biblical theology. Um, in a book written by Scott Duvall and Danny Hayes, um, when they are tracing this, this theme of the relational presence of God, they say this, from an overall biblical narrative point of view, the cohesive center of biblical theology must be this mega theme that drives the plot of the story from beginning to end. And so and what they have done is they've said there is some theme that drives from Genesis to Revelation, some theme that pulls this all together. And their contention is this. Our basic thesis is that the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, desires to have a personal, encountering relationship with his people, and he enters into creation in order to facilitate that relationship. And that's what we have this Advent season through December. We've been tracing this, this theme through the Bible of, of God's desire to be in a personal relationship with his people and that ties the whole biblical narrative together. This year at church, we've been going through the Bible book by book, and, and we have seen the themes of each of the books. But the theme that draws it all together is God desires to have a relationship with us. There's a, a, a desire for him to have a relational presence with us. Um, recently, I was listening to a message from the Dallas Seminary Chapel, 
Um, and um, the speaker, this guy, Nathan Leno, an exciting guy, um, you just, gosh, he's just a, a, a warm guy. Look at that face. The smile on his face just makes you want to listen to him. Um, but he makes this point, and I'm going to mention this a little bit more next week, that there's more to the presence of God than his omnipresence. Yes, it is true that God is present everywhere in the world. He's omnipresent. Um, you, you can't go anywhere to escape from him. Um, he is everywhere. He sees everything. But that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about the omnipresence of God, that he is everywhere. We're talking about his relational presence. He wants to not just be aware. He wants to be in relationship with us. And that's the, the theme that ties the entire biblical story together. Um, beginning at the first week of Advent, Michael uh, talked about how in the beginning, God's design and desire was to be in relationship with us. He created men and women in his image so that he could be in relationship with us. Then what he did is he came down and in a relational way, he came and he walked with Adam and Eve in the garden because his desire was to be in relationship. Now, because of our rebellion, um, they were expelled from the place where he had that relationship with them. <clears throat> but the rest of the biblical narrative doesn't leave us just expelled. Um, I came back the next week and talked about how God put his relational presence outside the Garden of Eden in the tabernacle and then in the temple because that's where we could encounter his relational presence. Um, it's almost as if he kicked us out of the garden, but then he followed us out of the garden. Then last week, Shane talked about how the prophets predicted and prophesied that there was going to be a, a coming of God's relational presence in a very different way. It was going to be the fulfillment of God's rescue plan. And there was even this little preview that Shane highlighted um, that God's presence was with his people all along. And every now and then you got a glimpse that God's presence was in a person. And he highlighted that with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, where there was a person there with them, not just God omnipresently aware of everything going on, but God with his children, those who were trusting him, he was with them. And it was this, this picture, this preview that the presence of God was not going to be um, in the cool of the day, like in the garden, or in a fire and a cloud, like in the temple and the tabernacle, but the presence of God was going to be revealed in a person. And that's exactly what we see and what we celebrate here, the relational presence of God in Jesus Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. And the reality is, that this is because God wants to be with us. God's desire, his design from the beginning, the storyline of the entire scripture is this reality. God wants to be in a relationship with us. But all along the way, our rebellion continually alienates us from God. So he had to make a way through Jesus Christ to come and be with us. In fact, the title for Jesus Christ that is predicted in the prophets, <coughs> excuse me, and it is fulfilled in his birth, is Emmanuel. Matthew tells us this. All this took, took place to fulfill what was said through the prophet 
in Isaiah, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Not just omnipresent with us, but God relationally with us. His relational presence. He got to know us. He lived the kind of life that we lived. In difficult times, in times of opposition, um, in times where his friends celebrated with him, but then they failed him and they betrayed him. <coughs> he knew temptation. He knew struggle. He knew celebration. He knew joy. He knew, he knew intimacy. Thank you so much. I'm not sure this is going to help, but we'll see. He knew the things we knew. He experienced the things we experienced because he wanted to be with us. And by living the life that we lived, but living it perfectly, what happened is that he was able, <coughs> excuse me, to perfectly live out the design that God had intended from the very beginning. A design that we could never live. He came to be with us to live the perfect life in place of us. But then what he did is he, he tabernacled among us. Um, John 1 says it this way, the word became flesh, and um, the Greek word is skinao. It, it, it's literally the word for the tabernacle. He became the tabernacling presence of God. He made his dwelling among us. We saw his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Because of God's grace, he came. He was with us. He tabernacled with us. He lived with us. He dwelt with us. And in that way, the, the place where he was became a person. Um, in the Old Testament, God's presence was in a place, in the garden, in the tabernacle, in the temple. There were little hints that it would be a person. And what we celebrate in the Christmas is the coming of Jesus Christ in a person. The place of God's presence became a person. It became his relational presence, a reality that, that forces and asks each one of us to, to not just view it, but to have a relationship with him. Um, the person reconciled us to God. The person who came here, because he came and lived the perfect life that we couldn't, what he did is he, he reconciled us to God. Listen to these verses. For if while we were God's enemies, we kept alienating ourselves, running away from him, but he kept chasing us down, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? You see, he came down to be with us, God with us, Emmanuel, tabernacling, dwelling with us. But what he did is he reconciled us to God because God's desire all along has been to be with us. And what Christ did is he accomplished living the perfect life that we could never live so that he could then pay a price through his death that reconciled us to God. That's a relational term. It's not just some theologically nebulous omnipresence. 
He reconciled us to God. It's a relationship that God has wanted from the very beginning. He created us and put us in a garden so he could walk with us in the cool of the day. And then when we had to leave the garden because we had contaminated that place, he still followed us and his presence was in a place. But then his presence came down in the person of Jesus Christ, not just so we could see, oh, that's what the perfect person looks like, but so that we could be reconciled to God. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We get to tell other people about this reconciliation that takes place, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. God's plan from the beginning has been to not just be among us, omnipresent, but to be in a relationship with us, walking with us in the cool of the day, being with us in the middle of the furnace, walking with us in the difficulties of our lives because he wants to be with us and he wants to reconcile us to God. And that takes place um, not by us emulating his life, but trusting his life that was perfect and his death that was sufficient to reconcile us to God. Um, he's Emmanuel, he's the tabernacle, he's the temple, and all of the fullness of deity dwells in him. Colossians 1, Paul in this great theological statement says it this way, for in Christ all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. Everything of God dwelt in Jesus. He was fully God. Jesus Christ is God, nothing less. He is God with us. He is God dwelling with us. He's the presence of God come to reconcile us. And this verse tells us that all the fullness of deity lives in him in a bodily form. In a bodily form so that we're not having this um, theological, um, very obscure relationship with this force of nature. But he came in bodily form, in a baby, in a manger, so that we could have a personal encountering relationship with him. And that would reconcile us to God. Jesus Christ is, is fully God. And this verse tells us that in Christ we have all we need. In Christ you've been brought to fullness. You don't need anything else. There's so many things that, that religious people look for. They look for more experiences. They look for more rules. They look uh, for... Um, more knowledge, but in Christ we have everything we need. <coughs> so I'm going to encourage you this way. Cancel the quest for anything more. God's made the provision. His desire from the very beginning has been to be in a relationship with us. In fact, he created us and crafted us in his image so we could relate to him. And then when we blew it and were kicked out of the garden, he pursued us out of the garden. And when we kept being rebellious, he finally presented himself in bodily form so that he could reconcile us to him. And Christ makes all of that provision. And all we need to do is accept that provision. You don't need more Christmas experiences. You don't need more um, knowledge of the Bible. You don't need more um, rules to live by. 
All you need is faith in Jesus Christ and his provision that he has made because God wants to be with us. He wants to be not just around us. He wants to not just be having people who know about him. He wants us to have a relationship with him where we know his grace and we're constantly aware of it and we're constantly overwhelmed with his grace and his provision where we understand that we can't reconcile ourselves to God. There's no amount of knowledge, no amount of experience, no amount of rules that reconciles us to God. Only the finished work of Jesus Christ, when we place our faith and our trust in that, reconciles us to God. And then, as we say around here all the time, then we live our, our life as a response to the already present grace of God. We don't live our life trying to get his grace. We live our life as a response to his grace. So what we've been saying through this whole Advent season is this. God's relational presence in a person, the person of Jesus Christ, is the path to a reconciled relationship with God. He designed us that way. He pursued us through the entire theme of the Bible. He pursued us to be in relationship with him. Gave us a few hints and some pictures along the way in the Old Testament prophets. And then his relational presence came and dwelt in Jesus Christ fully, completely, so that we could be reconciled to God and have a relationship with him. And when you simply stop trying, stop adding things to the, to the mix, you simply say, Christ is all I need. And you begin to fall in love with Jesus and his provision, and you get to know him. You end up having a relationship with him so that he walks with you through the difficult times and the joyous times and the good times when you're um, opening presents and you realize how blessed you are because God has blessed you. And when you're going through difficult times, maybe at this season, where there are people who aren't at your Christmas celebration, who uh, maybe haven't been there for a long, long time. Or maybe this is the first year they haven't been there. But you recognize that, that God wants to be with you in those times too. And that Jesus Christ understands that. And when people died, he wept. God wants to have that relational presence with you. So the first thing I want to encourage you to do is if, if Christmas is just a season for you, um, last night we were driving home from Texas, and as we were coming back, we were flipping around and trying to figure out what we could listen to. And at one point, I just um, told Spotify to play contemporary Christian songs, uh, contemporary Christmas songs. And they were all about season and, and warmth and um, winter, but nothing about Jesus. Um, Christmas is about Jesus. And for Christmas to be real to us, um, I want to encourage you to make this Christmas more than just presents and family, um, stormy weather, <laughs> but for Christmas to be the culmination of God's plan to reconcile us to himself through Jesus Christ. Three next steps to consider just practically as you go away from here today. T take time to thank God for his gracious, wise, loving plan to reconcile us to himself. Thank God for it. We couldn't do it ourselves. The whole biblical narrative is our failure again and again and again. We can't do it ourselves. 
But God, in his gracious, wise, loving plan, said Jesus Christ will come, live a perfect life that we never could live. And then he would lay down that perfect life as a substitute for us. And as you think about Christmas, as we've done all through this service, focus on the humility and the sacrifice of Christ. Ron started the service by thinking um, of Christ coming out of heaven. And Kevin, even in his prayer, talking about the magnitude of that sacrifice. And that makes our relationship with God possible. And then finally, I want to encourage you to rely on the Holy Spirit to live consistently in relationship with God. He's the one who empowers us. It's not our efforts. It's not our rules. He empowers us. Um, We're going to end our service in a special way that we have done year after year here um, at Fellowship. And I'm going to ask um, four of our elders to come forward. And uh, they're going to take the four Advent candles that we have here up front that we've lit all through this season. They're going to light the Christ candle that's in the middle of uh, this candle. And then these elders are going to take the candle that comes from this Christ candle. They're going to take one of those candles and go to each one of the four sections here, 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 and here. And as we sing Silent Night, we want you to take those cups. We want you to pass the light from one to another down the aisle and then back as we sing Silent Night to close our service. Um, When we are finished with singing all of this, uh, we're going to ask you simply at the end of the song, uh, because there's another service, for you to just blow out your candle and put it back in your seat. Make sure it's out before you put it down. But we're going to end our service remembering the humility, but the purpose that God had to send his son, God with us, to reconcile us to himself. Let's sing this all together.